Well, good afternoon, everybody. Glad you could join us. Uh, on this day, that I want to talk a little bit about the word hope. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine and my wife's the other day. She happens to be uh, one that goes out into the streets to minister to the poor and the needy by helping to feed them and offer them the truth of the gospel along with their husband. And we were discussing the wearing of masks as a method of prevention against the spread of COVID. And she said that she's come to the realization that there are many people who are horrified of the disease, mainly because they're horrified of dying. I've thought about this myself, as I'm sure many people have and and come to the same conclusion. And, you know, it makes perfect sense. Christians and non-believers alike do not look forward to the pain and suffering of death, if that turns out to be the Lord's will. But the born-again believer believes one major thing that an unbeliever can never accept, and that's this, that with death we are brought the guarantee being with Jesus in paradise immediately following our last breath here on earth. The non-believer has a number of thoughts racing through their minds when they think of death, and I have not listed all of them here, but I'm going to give you three or four. Uh, First, there's a position that uh, everyone, save the most heinous people that have ever lived, will go to heaven. Now, the Bible says that's a lie, but it does relieve the anxiety that might adversely affect them daily as they think about death and the afterlife. It numbs them to the reality of eternal life and death, and that numbing comes directly from the pit of hell. It is a lie from the devil himself. There's position number one. I'm pretty sure I'm going to heaven no matter what. Number two, they'll take a position that they they will stand before some universal judge. He would be the one that we call the Lord God Almighty, the Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, They'll stand before him, and they're going to be able to plead their case as to why he should accept them into his kingdom. Being a loving God, they will most certainly make the case for their entrance into heaven. This, too, will not be true. As God is a righteous and holy judge and will have no evil or sin before him. Third, they think they're going to go to hell, and they're okay with that. They think that hell will be a place of eternal extension of what they enjoyed here on earth. A never-ending party with unlimited sex, drinking, crude jokes, highs from drugs, an eternity of all the stuff they worked for here while on earth. Now, this one probably makes the most sense since they're looking forward to an eternity of the way they lived here on earth. They have not made themselves ready for heaven, nor did they ever want to. So they will be happy thinking that the eternal party will be one size bigger when they die, for here they come. Sadly, The Bible says that they indeed, without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they will go to hell, but it will not be the party that they imagine. It will, however, according to the Bible, be a place of everlasting torment, fire, darkness, a bottomless pit where they will never have a moment of peace or comfort. A place where there is absolutely no good, only evil, and where God will never change it. 
Hell is fixed forever. The fourth, uh, the, the fourth um, possibility that I want to get into is that they think that when they die, that's it. They no longer exist. There's no part of them, them that exists, not soul, not spirit, not physical body. And, you know, it's a sad thing for many reasons because, first, it gives the person absolutely no reason to do anything good. For there's no reward for good and there is no punishment for evil. This, in part, is the attitude that leads people to being pro-baby killing and pro-euthanasia or the mercy killing of the elderly, the disabled, and those who no longer are wanted by their families or wanted by society. So there's no real purpose in life other than to get the most out of it or abuse it the best you can, all for immediate enjoyment, hoping that they can live another day because, in fact, in their thought process, there's nothing after that. All four of those ideas that people use to try and deal with death in the afterlife, and there's more than just these four, are sad. They're very, very sad because they lead to nowhere. But the Bible, the very Word of God, tells us otherwise. It tells us that there not only is life after death, but there is a reason to live while here on earth, an ultimate reason. And if you and I live according to the reason that our Creator has given us, all the rest of life and the life after this one falls into place perfectly. The hope we are talking about in the Bible does not come from the individual's own desires or wishes, but from God, who is himself the believer's very hope. David writes in Psalm 30, uh, 39, 7, My hope is in you, and he's talking about his hope being in the Lord. Remember, we started this conversation with why are people wearing masks and so, so afraid of COVID-19? And what we're getting at here is that they lack hope. They lack true biblical hope. There's a difference between the hope of this world and the hope that comes from God. Hope is generally defined by us as wishing for something. I hope I'll get this or that for my birthday or for Christmas. I hope I get that new job at work. I hope I get that raise. I hope he likes me or she likes me. This hope, even if based on some positive circumstance, is still wishing that something would come true. Biblical hope that comes from God is a guarantee of something in the future because God says it will happen even though it hasn't occurred yet. You see, the unbeliever doesn't have that type of hope. They don't have biblical hope. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians 2.12. I'm reading out of the New Living Testament. In those days you were living apart from Christ. He's talking to believers back when they were non-believers. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made with them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. In 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Paul takes the opposite side of this coin and comforts the believer with this statement. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. 
Paul is telling the believers that if a family member who was also a believer died before them, they do not have to just be grieving beyond grief because they don't know where their loved one is. Paul says, I want you to know, I want you to know the hope that the Bible gives all believers upon death. Not only is there no biblical hope for the non-believer, but there is incredible biblical hope for the believer. Hope, faith, and belief in the promises of God that have yet to take place. How comforting that needs to be for each believer. And maybe as a believer right now, you need to grab hold of the hope, the biblical hope that you have in the Word of God, in the promises of God, in the fact that God says He will never leave you or forget about you, and He cannot lie. Perhaps, perhaps the meaninglessness of life without the one true Savior, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, being a being the comforter and mediator that he wants to be for them, perhaps that meaningless of life as they ponder it and think about it, and perhaps become anxious over it, that it will force them to the cross on Calvary, the cross of Jesus Christ. Without God as the individual's heavenly Father, without Jesus as their Savior, and without the Holy Spirit as their comforter, and without Him residing in them, they have no hope. Here's what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 2.17. So I came to hate life because everything done here under the sun is so troubling. Everything is meaningless, like chasing the wind. With hope. The Christian has a calling and a purpose for life, has experienced the incredible saving grace of God, has his eyes open to the words of the Bible and his gospel, and will be given the power to become more and more righteous, all for the glory of God himself. And then look forward to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection of the dead in Christ, who will spend an eternity with him in peace, love, and joyful eternal existence where there is no sin, no disease, no pain, no sorrow, no tears, nor no death, as all of those will be left behind in and through the faith we have in Jesus. So what do we do with our hope? Do we simply rejoice in it while shut up in our churches or in our homes? You know, too many of us do that. We must share this hope with those that come across our paths. We must share our hope with those that are scared to death over COVID-19, or maybe it's cancer or some other terminal disease that they know is going to take their physical life. But you know what our motivation needs to be to share our hope? It needs to be love. It needs to be love for those that don't yet know Jesus. He, he has given us glorious hope, and he has left us here to share that biblical hope with those around us. And you know, COVID-19 perhaps has heightened the thought of death to many non-believers. And I think that's a great thing. I think that's a good thing. Because you don't have to be 70 or 80 years old to contract this disease, which may end their life here on earth way before they had thought might even be possible under, quote, normal circumstances. And they're scared, they're frightened, they're fearful, and they're nervous because they're not ready for judgment. So, 
May you and I use the Lord's power, the Lord's grace, and the Lord's love to tell others about the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope that every believer has in Jesus Christ. There is a loving God waiting to receive them into his family. If only they will repent of their sins and ask Jesus to forgive them and be their Savior. He stands at the door and is ready. And maybe now those troubled and anxious over COVID may be ready to let him into their hearts as well. If you have taken time out of your day to listen to this podcast, I am very grateful. And if you'd give me a thumbs up or subscribe to wherever you heard this, that would certainly help me out very much. Thanks again, and God bless you.